Welcome to Building a Better Bond, a Fiber Bond podcast. Welcome to Building a Better Bond, a podcast by Fiber Bond. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Now, the effects of COVID-19 have been felt across a wide range of industries, but what has the impact been for data centers? And joining me to answer that question and much more is Hector Moreno, the Director of Business Development for Data Centers at Fiber Bond. Hector, thank you so much for joining me today. Ah, it's my pleasure, Tyler. Good to be with you again. Excellent. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful to get a chance to talk to you. And uh, so, Hector, I want to start off uh, at the macro level and kind of take a wide angle lens and, and look at the industry as a whole. So how have you seen COVID-19 have an effect on the data center industry as a whole? Yeah, so as a as a whole, so 2020 was projected to be, before this whole pandemic, was projected to be a, what they call a build year or building. 2019 was more of a, of a planning year. So uh, a lot of our customer base was setting up for 2020. Uh, building and th- their plans were pretty aggressive to begin with, and I think as soon as the pandemic hit, a lot of their uh, a lot of their acceleration and, and demand uh, validated those those initial plans. So it from a macro level, they, it's really increased <laughs> increased everybody's pressure to to, to build. Uh, there, in in this space, there's always a kind of a push pull cart before the horse. Should I if you build it, will they come? Or just build it just in time, but the our customers customers really want their space as soon as possible. And you know, for for our customer base, what they're looking at is how do I deliver that without you know without building too much too soon and just waiting for people to other customers to come in and lease the space. So I think what this done this has done is actually validated their construction plans throughout all the major markets uh, in the U.S. And not only in the U.S., but obviously this has affected the, the entire global market. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's created a very bullish market in terms of the data center construction industry. That's really interesting. Now, you, you, as you're talking about this, what I'm thinking about is just the demand that's created from that work-from-home dynamic, mm-hmm. right? Has, has that work-from-home aspect of things really driven more demand for data centers? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If anything, it's it's one of those hidden things, you know, that, you know, there's always kind of, I think throughout history, there's always things that happen, like either natural events that happen that kind of drive you towards something else, like towards another innovation, another thing. So I think kind of the, the sleeping giant out of this whole thing was more work from home. You know, you have co-shared offices now and we work and play in region that's very similar dynamic where the office space is not it's it hasn't changed much in over 50 years and i think it took something like this to really force people to to try to figure it out and the folks that didn't figure it out that hadn't already figured it out struggled with it i'm sure a lot at the beginning and probably still struggling through it but the the folks that have already been doing it meaning i'd already allowed their workforce to work from home and 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 put processes in place to to be effective. So working from home is, you know, that, that sounds great. Uh, you're doing it, I'm doing it, mm-hmm. but uh, how effective are you? That's the bottom line, whether you work from home or whether you work in an office place, the, the bottom line is are, how productive are you? Are you still getting your work done? Are you still reaching your goals that you need? What needs to shift to do that? So uh, I think, you know, that what this pandemic has done um, from that level, it's, it's really, had it's had companies, especially like Fiberbond, ask ourselves those questions: How can we be successful there? And it's actually forced us to grow into that. 
we were very fortunate at Fiberbond that we started with Microsoft Teams about two and a half years ago, mainly on the front end of our business, on our sales and technical sales side. Uh, most of our meetings are on Microsoft Teams. So we were well ahead of the game there. Now transitioning project managers and engineers to Microsoft Teams and doing most of you know, your meetings on, on that medium was a little bit of a challenge, but I think we were, we were way ahead of the game in that regard. That's really good to hear, and I, I always enjoy hearing about how that foresight ends up benefiting when times like this come along because you never know, you know, there's not an advanced warning of, oh, hey, a pandemic is coming or, hey, a natural disaster is coming or something like that. But it's about having those things in place ahead of time that really help prepare you for whatever comes down the road and whatever uh, challenges come come your way as a business. And so, um, you, you know, you mentioned that the, the situation really validated the, the leadership of a lot of people throughout the industry. So kind of talk me through how you saw industry leaders respond to this pandemic and respond to the news that they were getting around COVID-19? Now, that's a great question because uh, I think what we've seen even in our personal lives, a, you know, a crisis could either, you know, bring out the best in leadership or bring out the worst. And, you know, we, in terms of like our customer base, you see the lead, the, the leadership from our customer base has been second to none. They've been the understanding, especially in regards to, you know, uh, lead times to deliver and, you know, certain things, especially during the first parts of the of the stay-at-home orders in a lot of places, uh, were very challenging. Uh, that you needed that collaborative effort, you needed that push and pull with the customers to say, "Hey, we need a little flexibility here because you know we're our, this part of the workforce is is you know not hitting at 100 percent, and vice versa." And thankfully for Fiberbond, we didn't uh, we didn't have a lot of those experiences, but for others, they did. From a from a local leadership. You know, you talk about uh, folks like, you know, our CEO and president, Graham Walker, for, for Fiberbond. We had things in place prior to even the stay-at-home orders at, uh, for the state of Louisiana, which is where our factory is, is set up, in anticipation of it. And there are hard things. They're not easy. You know, telling people to separate you know, six foot apart and make sure they're sanitizing, putting sanitation stations throughout the factory, limiting their movements from cells. It's disruptive. It's disruptive to their normal operating workflow. And... You know, it's difficult and it's hard to understand, especially as we're, you know, everyone's rolling through this. Everyone's kind of going through this together, not knowing we don't have, you know, trying to look for all these unknowns that are that are coming along the way. So having that foresight, at least from a from a micro level, from Fiberbond, really it gives you not only the confidence as one of the employees that are doing going out there doing the work, but, you know, it it gives you that confidence to, to go out and talk to your customers and say, look, this is what Fiberbond is doing to, mm. to mitigate these issues. Right, right. Yeah, that, that, that sounds absolutely correct. And, you know, you mentioned the, the use of Microsoft Teams and kind of making that a, a more broadly used tool uh, throughout your organization. So kind of talk me through some of, the, some, some of the specific ways that you kept business rolling and that you maximized your team's potential from home just as you uh, dealt with the COVID-19 situation. How did you make sure that everything stayed, stayed operating at the level that you expect as an employee of Fiberbond? Uh, what, what specific things were you doing to make sure that happened? So on, on Microsoft Teams, so we, all, of our, all of our meetings shifted completely to Microsoft Teams. Mm. And we, we, man, we mandated everybody get on video. Uh, and it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people who are not used to that, especially if they're working from home. You know, you don't want to see the background. I know that we have – this is early on before you can put these nice backgrounds behind you. you right. Can, you can look like you're at the beach or you can look like you're in a, in a library. I mean, uh, so people are very uncomfortable. We, but we made it a point, you know, as a leadership team, we said, hey, we want to make sure that people – we, we want to make this – 
duplicate as much of a face-to-face -face interaction as possible. Uh, and part of that is, is activating your video. Like everybody, I want to see your reaction. So one of the things you miss when you're, when you're going through conference calls, either you know, through the web or, or whatever, and they're not face-to-face, -face, is you don't get people's reactions to things and you know, either eye rolls or agreement or nods or, hmm, that, that doesn't sound right. You, know, you, you can't judge those facial expressions, and that's all part of it. Like you, don't, you can't hide behind it. So one of the major things we did is make sure we're all on video. Make sure all of our calls are on, on Microsoft Teams. And Microsoft Teams is pretty good because you can actually collaborate and share uh, documents. You can, you can actually edit documents at the same time. And we already knew this, and we didn't need any practice runs to do it. Um, so that's, those are some of the specific things we did to, to work remotely. Mm. And those of us, like, so I, I work in Los Angeles. So I'm, I, my team, and you know, I got a guy, Brett Dean, up in Illinois, Kim Pate out in Atlanta, not Atlanta, South Georgia. Uh, and a lot of our other business development folks are, are, are they currently work from home. So it's it kind of, we were kind of the de facto small leadership pods that were, in, you know, if you were in a meeting and you already knew how to do this, you kind of coach everybody else on how to do it. Right. Um, so it certainly helped that you had people already in place uh, that know what to do. So from, you know, kind of going back to that macro view, uh, what do you think the industry has learned from this situation? And you, how do you think that it applies what it learned uh, from COVID-19 to the data center industry moving forward into the future? You know, what do you think will come out of this that will be a lasting change? So I think a lasting change for sure, because they're talking about this even for my kids' school. How are they going to open for next year, uh, for, the, for the fall? And there's all kinds of proposals out there. Part of it is, you know, either continue remote learning until the end of the year or partial remote learning. So I, I think, I, I think that's, a, that's a great example of what a lot of other companies are doing as well, is saying, okay, so how much can we balance this? Mm -hmm. what, if we, what if we apply a uh, two days a week, you come into the office, and three days a week, you work from home? Uh, how can we do some kind of balance? So I think, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but if I had to, you know, if I had to guess, I think that would be one of the, one of the things that happens across the board from government level to private industry is you're going to have people actually working remote at least part of the week, at least part of the weeks. I think one thing that we've proved out, at least even from, from our standpoint is that people can be just as productive working from home. It's just a little different. So I think that's one of the things that's going to, that's going to happen. So the data industry as a whole, if that's going to happen, they need to build up the infrastructure even more, even even more aggressively than they had anticipated. You know, one of the one of the things that I didn't expect out of this, you know, I have three kids and a, and a wife who's a teacher who teaches from home, is now I have four office mates that we're all uh, we're all straining the Wi-Fi. So uh, especially when we're doing our conference calls, it's you know everyone's competing for the Wi-Fi and screaming, you know, who's on it? You know, so you get off video, you do this. It's right. It, you talk about interesting dynamics. I mean, that's that's when my five-year-old was in preschool, has Zoom calls a couple times a week. And it's if you would have told me, you know, five years ago, two years ago, a year ago, that we were going to be in this kind of dynamic, I would have, I would have called you a liar. But it's <laughs> it's been fun. It's been interesting. And isn't it kind of amazing seeing the, the mastery that some of those five-year-olds and, mm -hmm. and young kids have on technology like Zoom? That That, to me, has been absolutely fascinating, just as an aside. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's hilarious. I mean, the, I think the second Zoom call that my son had, 
he was so and on zoom you, you have the ability to mute the teacher mm-hmm. has the ability to mute everybody and she muted everybody and he's trying to have just a single conversation with his friend charlie so my son ben hameen is saying charlie charlie hey charlie did i did this the other day hey charlie hey unmute <laughs> he's telling him unmute your button so you can hear me <laughs> uh, so you, you can imagine i mean that's yeah it's, it was pretty hilarious so do you feel like with that that work from home dynamic and, and more and more people kind of straining Wi-Fi and straining networks, that, that data centers will continue to see further growth throughout the rest of 2020 and into 2021 as industries, you know, try to meet the demand that is being put on networks these days? Uh, absolutely. I, I think 100 percent. I think that you can count on. So, when you know, we're talking about moving from 10 to 5 milliseconds of latency. Uh, it's a big difference, especially if you have companies, you know, that have strong Wi-Fi networks or, you know, and their facilities uh, and uh, strong fiber networks uh, don't really have this issue. But now when one of the issues that's coming out of this, now you have families that are putting a huge strain on this. So now how do we how do we get to that market? And, and what what this may do and what they're talking about is bringing some of that data center network closer to to folks, to mm-hmm. schools, to local government to uh, single family homes and apartments and in that in the form of the edge. So the, you know, we, we've been talking about the edge for the better part of four or five years. Well, what, what is the edge? And those are localized networks that tether back to the main data center halls in remote areas. But it brings the idea there is to bring that latency down uh, in specific areas and have like a network of, of these edge data centers deployed you know, in major metropolitan areas or even in rural areas to to limit the latency. So I think that'll definitely, I think it'll accelerate those plans even more. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And how do you see that having an impact on, on your business at FiberBond? Obviously, that means that you guys are going to stay busy again for, for quite some time going forward, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So we have an edge uh, solution that we offer um, in partnership with, with Compass EdgePoint that, that that we have out there. It's a great, it's a great solution. I think this the demand for that particular solution uh, coming off the back of this COVID nineteen pandemic will certainly will certainly increase. Uh, I think there's no there's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Well, Hector Moreno, thank you so much for joining me today, talking a little bit more about the impact that COVID nineteen has had on the data center industry and how FiberBond has risen to meet those challenges. And so, Hector, thanks again for joining me here on Building a Better Bond. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Tyler. Good to be with you. And everybody, thank you for listening along today and uh, checking out this episode of the podcast. Of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes of Building a Better Bond by FiberBond. But you can subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you go back and hear previous episodes of the show as well. I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. We'll talk again soon, but until then, stay safe and be well.